We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, welcome to Brilliantly Brave, a podcast for parents. And today I have the honor of interviewing uh, a good friend of mine, someone that I go to church with named Karen Goosby. And uh, the show today is hosted by myself, Pastor Brad Mathias, and my sidekick... I'm a sidekick now? That's yeah, what I am. I'm going to call you a sidekick today. Okay. His name is Robert Beeson. He's a foodie. He's an author. He's just kind of cool. Well, thank you, Brad. Yeah, I can't help it. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, he's always... He knows exactly what to order at a restaurant. And so, it's a spiritual gift, really. Is it? That, I've I got to find that because... Yeah. I don't have it. But we're not here to talk about me. Oh, that's true. So uh, we are we are here at Brilliantly Brave. And I wanted to uh, really just set up and introduce our, our guest. Um, Karen is a mother of five, and she is a busy, busy mother. She is uh, lives in uh, central Tennessee in the country. They have a, have a really cool house with a lot of land. And she's got four daughters. Um, wow. And I believe the oldest is around 12. The youngest is a son. So she has four daughters, one son <laughs> named River. And River's really pushing three. So he's not quite there yet. And so I see them on a, on a weekly basis. I'm, I'm their pastor at the church that they attend in central Tennessee. And so I have a little bias here. I, I actually have helped baptize some of her children in their swimming pool. But the thing that's so cool about Karen and her husband, Bernie, is that they have chosen as a family to homeschool their kids. Yeah. And I come across a lot of homeschoolers, Robert. I know you have as well. Working with iShine, we have kids on tour, and so they they have to homeschool to do that. And and there's homeschooling, and then there's homeschooling. And uh, what I want to just sort of set up in Karen is that this is a woman who is incredibly smart, incredibly well-informed in current events. If you watch her Facebook feed, it is like loaded with political commentary, U.S. history. Um, she's just all about latest movies. Uh, she's media savvy, and she's a homeschooler of five kids. I don't know how she does that. I don't know how someone that is juggling so much and wanting to stay on top of everything and, and married and have a house and everything chooses to homeschool five kids. That's remarkable. I can't wait to it is remarkable. It. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce to our audience my friend, Karen. Hey, Karen. Hey. Yeah, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks. So, Karen, you know, I've just built you up. I've shared with our audience how amazing you are and your family. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get into the world of parenting five kids and homeschooling all, all in, uh, at the same time? Well, I, I, we, my husband and I, we always wanted a big family. We both 
come from, well, I have two siblings, but my husband has five siblings. So we knew that we wanted a big family, the more the merrier. And uh, when I was in college, I majored in elementary education. And when I student taught, I, um, I really got a feeling for what I didn't like about the educational system. I mean, I'm fourth generation educator and I have great respect for teachers, but there are some things that I think just in the context of an institutional school just can't be done to the extent that I want to do them. Hmm. They have restrictions as far as curriculum, you have restrictions as far as time, you have restrictions as far as how closely you get to work with each individual student. And I didn't like any of those restrictions, so I decided even before I met my husband that when I had kids, I was going to homeschool. Wow, that's that's very brave. Yeah, and so uh, did you? Did you know you were going to have five kids? I didn't. We didn't. We didn't plan um, how many. We just kind of let things happen, and that's how many came out. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, just a magical thing. Well, I'm sure there are listeners out there in our audience who uh, have uh, two or three kids, and they may be wrestling with the idea that that maybe they need to invest in their their kids at the level of homeschooling. Um, what advice would you give them? What what made that real for you and your husband? Well, they're really. I mean, like I said, I was an elementary education major, and I was completely unprepared to homeschool. And the best advice that I can give is, first of all, husband support your wives in doing this or wives support your husbands, whoever happens to be doing the, the educating. Um, think outside the box. You can't, we're also programmed to think of the way school was when we were in school and the way you have to do a certain way, you have to do that a certain way. And there are so many resources available to you when you homeschool now hmm. that you don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be school at home. It, everything is educational. Everything can be turned into an educational moment. Um, and once you really get into it, you start seeing, oh, I could use this, and oh, I could do that. And it, it builds and it grows. And you may start out feeling very awkward and not sure you're doing the right thing, but you'll gain confidence. You'll see your kids learning, which is an amazing thing. It's something that... I would have missed out on if they had been in a regular institutional school, seeing the light bulb come on, hearing them read their first words and seeing how excited they get about that. Um, but yeah, it really, ha- you have to be flexible. You have to think outside the box. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things I really admire about Karen and, and her husband, Bernie is I don't feel like they're afraid of the culture. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like some, some homeschool parents, it's like they're, they're just sort of isolating and keeping their kids away from, bad influences uh karen has a really different spirit about her she's really about making sure they learn the right things and one of the the privileges of being their pastors i've taken some of their older daughters on youth retreats and so it's amazing to hear their interaction within a group you know what they're talking about and so i found myself in our last youth retreat having this conversation with 11 12 year old you know about presidential election politics hmm. you know <laughs> it's not that's not like a common thing that happens not with typically. the with the preteen tween set so that has to be starting at home right right yeah so karen tell us scoop what's the scoop i mean do you guys in your homeschooling do you talk about politics we do we talk about politics a lot i love politics it's one of my passions so it 
naturally comes out in a lot of the history class that we do and in a lot of the social studies class that we do. Um, we watched, when we studied logic, we watched a lot of presidential debates and looked at fallacies. So they kind of, I want them to think about why they're voting for somebody, not just, you know, oh, well, they have an R or they have a D or they're going to make America great again. I want to know, you got to look into their policies. you got to see what they say that they're going to do. And then you have to follow up, make sure they do what they say they're going to do. You know, it's just there are so many things encompassed in politics. And you can look back at history and see, well, you know, this didn't work when they did this. So I don't know why this person is trying it now. You know, it's there's it's, it's an all encompassing mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, so you can really bring politics into anything. <laughs> well, especially in this this election has been you can't really get yes. away from it. Um, I, I just yeah. I want to know how um, I think it's remarkable that you are taking on homeschooling, um, knowing that we we have um, fairly well rated schools um, as far as the state goes here in, in Middle Tennessee. Uh, I think it's amazing that you, that you know that you can do it better and or different, but but let's be honest, better. Um, and I think that's incredibly brave that, that you're taking that on. My question is like, how do you how do you find time for you? Like because you know we know that parenting is really um, um, a byproduct of how well you're taking care of yourself because you really. So how do you find time to do all this, to be up on current events, to homeschool five kids, to be a wife? To take care of the house. I mean, do you? How do you? How do you juggle that all? And do you take time out for yourself? Well, um, it depends on you know. Every family has their priorities. My priority is the emotional, social, physical, you know, mental well-being of my kids. My relationship with my husband. So during the day, we're focused on education, and part of their education is keeping the house clean because I want them to grow into functional adults, and functional adults need to be able to take care of themselves. Um, and just because we're a big family, we all have to kind of pitch in there and help out. And, um, when my husband gets home, we try to focus on him. And then my time, I'm a night owl anyway. So my Mm -hmm. time basically comes after all the kids go to bed, I'll make myself something to eat, hang out, watch a little TV, do a little surfing, you know, internet surfing, um, mostly, you know, news and political sites. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, that, that really recharges me, the alone time, the food. Um, and that's where I get my me time coming in. Yeah. I imagine you kind of have to, it kind of has to be that because if there's so many people, um, I, yeah. I have a large family too. I have um, five kids living at home as well. And so it's, it's hard to find that time to get, you know, to take care of yourself and it, it looks different for it everybody, is. but, but I don't homeschool. So I, I can't imagine adding that kind of load on to what I already Well, have. yeah. And so I, I happen to know our kids. I, I see them on a regular basis and, and so these are not docile children. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, these are kids that, you know, they're kind of like the ever ready bunny. <laughs> they just never stop. They go and go and go and go. And so not only is she keeping up with this, but this is like extraordinarily, you know, amped up energy levels in a social setting. In a social setting. Which is yeah. remarkable. I think that's what you were talking about a little bit earlier, Brad, is some of the um, homeschooling um, kids that we've met, they are not quite as socially active as as some of the kids that are, you know, in traditional schools. And so, I, obviously, you're doing a fantastic job, you know, acclimating them to, to that part of their life, which is really, really important. And I think a danger of homeschooling sometimes is is not being – having the ability to, to integrate into – to social settings. Yeah. And so Karen, uh, to kind of focus in a little bit more on this question before we finish up, you know, what, 
what you're describing, when you expose your children to media, to politics, to movies, and I know you love movies. We've we've done movie nights, and you share with us your favorite movies, and we share with you. I mean, you you just really have made culture a large part of your educational experience for your kids. And I, I could not commend you more for that. I think that is one of the most strategic things a parent can do mm-hmm. is to, instead of constantly fight culture and run from it and say it's bad, 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 to actually engage the culture with your children and then teach them how to be critical thinkers. You know, really, how to build a filter that will separate the lies or the the innuendos from the truth. And one of the things that's great that I know you do is that you watch programming with your kids and then you have them in real time critique it. Could you share that with our audience, how you do that? (laughs) Well, it's very important to me that they know how to think, not what to think. Mm. And so I want them to have a well-rounded education. I want them to see things from as many different perspectives as possible, but I also want them to be well-grounded in what we believe. So this is what we believe. This is why we believe it. This is what other people believe. And then I'll put on, like like Brad was saying, we'll put on something like Zootopia. And I'll say, okay, see how much propaganda you can find in this movie. Tell me about the propaganda you see. <laughs> <laughs> because we studied about the propaganda in logic class. So they'll, uh, they'll look up on, uh, they'll say, oh, well, we saw this propaganda says um, that parents aren't as smart as their kids. Um, this propaganda, you know, I mean, so... Wow. They're able to pick things out, and then we talk about, well, is that good propaganda? Is that bad propaganda? Um, things like that, because they're going to be in the culture whether we like it or not. Right. So, I mean, you could try to protect your kids from it, but they're going to be out there, and I'd rather my kids be prepared to be out there knowing what they believe, being confident in what they believe, and not being afraid to engage in, with people of different viewpoints. Wow. I love what you said there about um, you're teaching them how to think, not what to think. I think that is such an incredible distinction. Um, but it is is—it is very much, uh, it's very important. I, I not only think it's important, I think it's essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to overstate this. I, I believe that one of the greatest challenges for parenting in the post-Christian era that is today is this idea of how do we equip our kids to actually process information and then retain the truth mm-hmm. and sort of jump, you know, dump the, the gunk, if you will, the things that are not true. And, and instead of just telling them what to believe, how do we train them to, to critically think? And so, Karen, what you're doing is really important. And I know there are other parents out there who are trying to do it. But I know for a fact you are doing it. So what advice would you give the parent who's like, you know what? She's right. I want to try that. I'm a a homeschooler or I want to think about homeschooling. What practical advice would you give a parent, especially a mom, who's like, yeah, I want to to help my kids learn how to think? What what would you have them do to start? Um, The first thing is the parents need to know and be sure in what they believe. And they need Mm. to know how to defend what they believe. And you can't be afraid – to, a lot of times, if you're not quite sure in your beliefs, you're afraid to go look into what other people believe. You're afraid you might get swayed. Hmm. But if you know and you're confident with what you believe, you can move on from that point. And then I think logic is so important. It's such an important class um, for the kids just to, to see fallacies and to be able to think along a certain line and see their own fallacies in their thinking. And after that, it's just a matter of reading and exposing yourself to things that you don't agree with. Um, 
listen to a talk radio host that you that you vehemently disagree with. Read mm. some books about things that you totally think are the wrong way to go. And the more you know about how other people think, the more you can compare it. Well, they think this. I think this. What makes it different? Um, why do I think this way when they're convinced that way is right? Um, and so it's you really have to become a student of it yourself, and you have to be able to not be afraid of mm. other people's opinions. I think that's a big thing in society today is people are afraid of differing opinions, and you just can't be. Right. Wow, that's so refreshing to hear. Uh, I know we can get caught up in Christian culture which is sort of an emotional knee-jerk a lot of times. People, and we turn a blind eye to what's going on in culture. Yeah, we just sort of have our rules, and, and it's this is the way you should believe, and if you don't, you're bad. And so mm-hmm. I, I think this is a really critical uh, step for a lot of parents to take as we start looking at a culture that's already critiquing Christianity. Mm. And so how do we help our kids wrestle with these truths that we call the Bible? Um, in the context of, of modern culture and media. And so you've set a really, really cool example that I hope will inspire a lot of our parents and listeners to really think differently uh, about how they engage with their kids and culture. And really kind of from a psychological standpoint, in in giving the uh, the kids the ability to sort things out, to think for themselves, you are really building their self-esteem. I think sometimes we stunt the emotional or spiritual or psychological growth of our kids by fixing things for them and not letting them or not, um, not encouraging them to use logic. Where what you're doing, um, Karen, it seem, it, you're basically affirming that they are capable of actually processing this. And, and um, I think that's something that's left out of a lot of um, certainly – Academics, it's just you're you're being told what to believe or what to think or this is the correct way to do it, instead of the reasoning and the logic, which is what you're going to have to use for the rest of your life. And so, um, to start that at an early age, I think is a, a really provocative thought. And I think more parents should be looking at their kids from the perspective of I, I believe you can reason through this. And um, let's we talk about it a lot here in the office that when we approach things with iShine, we want to be about. Um, if it's an event, we want it to be inductive, not um, declarative. And so we want to induce thought and, and ask questions. Ask great questions will bring great answers. And so I think you're living proof that that, um, that can work at the home level. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, Karen, thank you. I know you are busy, 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 and I know you have a lot going on. And, and I've shared with Robert, I'll share with our listeners, you guys do this fun thing on Fridays and Saturday nights every so often called Bob's Burger Night. Can you tell yeah. us what that is? What's Bob's <laughs> Burger Night? <laughs> well, we love the show Bob's Burgers, and they always have those joke burgers on the board. And somebody, the creators of the show got together with some chefs and put together a cookbook. And so we're going through the burgers one by one in order <laughs> and making each of the Bob's burgers. And then we do a little family critique of what we think about the burger. And then we post it on Facebook. That is really cool. Isn't that cool? And you're a foodie. So I yeah, thought, yeah, I, you did. I don't know if we're friends on Facebook yet, but I'm going to look you up after this and I've got to see, <laughs> I've got to see this. Well, Karen, it's been an awesome privilege to have you join us today. Yes, on, on brilliantly Thank brave. You. And may you be blessed by by God and the Holy Spirit as you continue to invest in your kids in a way that's quite unique and incredibly strategic. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. 
For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave.